going to be chatting with my friend and author, Christine Coe. Christine has an interesting history. She's a former music and brain neuroscientist turned blogger, and she and I met in that milieu. Um, she has since written a book called Minimalist Parenting, and she's the co-host of a podcast that I think you guys would really like. It's called Edit Your Life. She and I are actually today going to be talking about introversion and self-care. Christine, thank you so much for being with us. I am so delighted to talk to you today, Kristen. I feel like we are such internet dinosaurs, yet, you know, we're still current. <laughs> we are. We were kind of in that first wave of mommy blogging. Oh my gosh. Yes. It is so crazy. Well, tell, I mean, tell people quickly, how did you, st- you know, how did you stumble from, you know, music therapist and neuroscientist to mommy blogging? How did this happen? I know. I know. Just like, I guess the real quick thing is that, you know, I like you, I, I have a love of nerdy things and academia and all that stuff. And I was really destined, I felt, to be... Um, a music and psychology professor. Like I was so inspired by all my teachers. And then I got to the fanciest of fancy places. And I did my, you know, I finished my PhD and I was doing my postdoc at Harvard Medical, MIT and MGH, which is Mass General Hospital. Um, Really the fanciest sounding thing. And it was just the most miserable thing ever. (laughs) As happens sometimes. Yeah, it was just, you know, I kind of was ready for like the, they call it the postdoc, um, depression where your your work is not really your own anymore. You're really under somebody else's thumb doing their work. And I was ready for that. But I just felt, you know, I, I got to a point actually where my first baby was coming and my dad was very sick and he was on his way out. And I just realized, you know, I love working. I definitely want to work. But if I'm going to spend a lot of hours, I, I want to be doing something that I feel really creative and energized by. And at that point in my life, academia wasn't it. So I, I stumbled into the internet because... Uh, people were always asking me because they knew I researched everything ad nauseum. You know, they'd ask me for recommendations. And one day I was like, oh, I just wish there was, you know, like somewhere I could put all this information instead of just emailing it again and again. (laughs) And my tech friend, yeah, my tech friend was like, uh, that would be a blog. (laughs) Yeah. Have you heard of a blog? (laughs) I had not at that point, obviously. And, you know, like you, I think that's, you know, it just all of a sudden it started and then just goes. It's so crazy. It just took took on a life of its own. And I feel like, I don't know if you feel this way, but I feel like for me, it's like, I feel so blessed that I kind of stumbled into it in this unique time because I don't think you can make a career of blogging today the way that we were able to there for about a decade. Yes, I would agree. And also I feel like um, it just, there were so many opportunities to kind of pivot. I'm, I'm a big fan of kind of, um, diversifying the, the professional breadbasket. So, you know, the blog just ended up being this, uh, launch point for, you know, the book and, um, you know, the podcast and then becoming, doing a lot of social media consulting. And it just kind of sprouted all these different arms that were not, I could never have predicted, you know, like you, I could have never predicted what would happen, you know, fast forward 10 years. I mean, it's funny to think that when we were in grad school, I literally had never even heard of a blog. I know. know. As I'm studying. (laughs) What Um, year did you – mine started 2006. Were you in the same – or were you 2007? 2007, yeah. So we we really were same era. So really wild. Well, so I'm excited to talk to you about introversion. And I'm excited to talk to you specifically because I feel like you and I are both very similar in our introversion in that – we're both relatively outgoing introverts. And I think 
there's a lot of confusion about outgoing introverts because people might tend to think of introverts as being very quiet or wanting to be alone or not being people persons. And I know I'm actually a people person. I like being around people. I know that you are too. Um, and what's funny is um, one of the ways I see that play out, speaking of us both being bloggers, is that you and I for years have both gone to blogging conferences. And both of us at blogging conferences are very interested in meeting and talking with people. And we're we're there with bells on, ready to chat. Um, but one of the things that I find that happens to me at conferences like that, which is where my introversion really, um, really shows up is that day one, I am like (laughs) ready to talk to everyone. I want to have a conversation with each and every person. Day two, I'm still doing it, but I might be a little tired. Day three, if someone approaches me that I don't know well, I'm still going to think I'm being friendly, (laughs) but I'm actually dead behind the eyes. And, you know, it's, it's one of those difficult things where I think we can be really misunderstood Mm -hmm. as outgoing introverts, uh, because people can assume that we are standoffish or that we only care about certain people but not others, when actually we've just kind of reached the depletion of our reserves. I've had to work very hard in tandem with my husband, who definitely identifies as an introvert, to set boundaries around family obligations because um, the co-family would like literally, if if they were going to get together for, say, Christmas morning... Um, that would turn into like, hey, now let's have lunch and then let's go like to a movie and then let's like return back to the home base for dinner. And for me, that freaks me out. <laughs> and so I've been, I, we are the family that are always like, okay, we we could do like two or three hours and then we're out of there. And I think it probably comes off as a little standoffish or rigid or something, but I just feel like, listen, I'm going to be a better, happier human being with you for those two to three hours than if you try to drag me through like 12 hours of social activities because I just can't do it. Oh my gosh. As you said, like I hit the I hit the wall, right? The reserve tank is dead. Yeah. And it's so funny that you say that because I had the same issue in my marriage where my in-laws, they're, they're extroverts, all of them, as was my ex. And mm-hmm. it would be the same thing. It was like, if we were going to hang out, we were going to hang out for like nine to 10 hours. Oh my God. And... <laughs> What's funny is I didn't know myself well enough to, to, to have a boundary around that. And and I wanted to be able to do that, right? I mean, I have a value. I value family. I value family time. So mm-hmm. I show up with bells on ready to do it. And inevitably, halfway through the day, people would start asking me, what's wrong? Kristen, what's wrong? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I didn't know what was wrong. And I, I thought I was being normal. But I again, I'm like going dead behind the eyes <laughs> because – I can only do it for so long. And when I finally started to realize that about myself, it was really helpful. But but again, there is skepticism about introverts. So it's like, oh, well, you can't hang out with us. You know, you can only do two or three hours. You can only stand us that long. Yes. And I think exa- and I think the other thing that you will understand very deeply too is that, and you know, maybe anybody who posts Instagram or whatever, but yeah. I think there is a little bit of skepticism and confusion between like for my family, perhaps because they see my sort of public facing life and that I'm out doing these things. And, you know, it just looks like it's a giant party the whole time. And whereas then I can only spend like two to three hours in person, Um, you know, but I, and I try to, I try to be clear about it. And actually the thing that I've realized that I do, um, you know, do love and is part of this equation is I'm much better 
in a in a one-on-one situation or a very small group because I have six siblings. I'm not sure if I mentioned that. So when we get together, it's a lot. It's like super extra. And so, um, you know, if I can sort of recalibrate certain gatherings so that it's maybe just, you know, a couple of us getting together, then that's like where I'm like, okay, I'm happy to sit down and we can chat and dig in. It's just the small talk that I get really, it's, that's very difficult for me. It actually, I find that sometimes scrolling Mm -hmm. leaves me very scattered and depleted because I feel like I'm not really learning anything deeply about people. And then, and then I feel bad because then if I see them and they're like, oh, didn't you see that thing? And I'm like, oh, no, I actually stayed off the internet yesterday. And then the person doesn't believe me. It becomes like very complicated. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, I think for me, I just, um, you know, also because I, I think that sometimes in a, in a situation where there's a ton of stimulation, there are a lot of people talking. Um, I actually really genuinely have trouble listening and processing it all, like from a sensory um, perspective. So I feel like when it's less people, I can just be more present for them anyway, which I feel like is better because then I'm actually hearing them and I'm getting able to dig deeper with them. So I feel like that's a preferable situation. I just know that, you know, in my family, there's a lot of value to the, as you said, the nine to 10 hour hangout. (laughs) But I just, I feel like I would, I will just be too grumpy. And then, you know, that will be bad for everybody. Totally. And I think, you know, what I have found too is if I can get into a deep relationship or deep conversation with someone, yeah, that actually energizes me. A deep yes. soul connection conversation where, you know, where we're talking about something of substance, you know, talk, maybe talking about meaning or identity or it could even be politics or faith, you know, something that feels like we're really exploring meaning that mm-hmm. I find energizing. But mm-hmm. if if it's I mean, this is just the perfect example for me. It's just it's on the plane and you your seatmate decides that they're going to talk with you, <laughs> which I work really hard to avoid. And earbuds. Yeah. And then the, this is my nightmare conversation is like, oh, where are you from? Oh, oh, do you know so-and-so or do you know this or, oh, the weather there, when it's just a meaningless conversation where I'm going to walk away from this, not having gotten to actually know them on any depth of a level, but we're sort of charading a conversation that's so painful for me. Yeah, I agree. I think the other trap I get into, um, and I, I imagine you have some of this as well, is the, oh, you work on the internet? Okay, well, could I'm you know, I'm struggling, like, I want to figure out how to sell my whatever, my widget, or or like, and then, then I go into real shutdown mode, because I'm like, okay, you don't even, you don't even see me as a human being, you see me as a means to an end, to your end, and I find it deeply offensive. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I, first of all, will never tell a stranger what I do for a living. Like, okay, maybe that's my problem. I just I need mean, to stop. So okay, there's my ROI for the conversation. Stop telling people I work on the internet. <laughs> you also don't want to tell people that you have a background in therapy because then, then you're going to be bad, hearing yeah. all about their divorce and, <laughs> you know, their struggles with their boyfriend or whatever. But I will never tell people I'm a therapist and I very rarely will tell people that I'm a blogger because that's it's hard to explain and it, yeah. it's – I just don't even want to go that far. I think I'll usually say like, I'm a writer and then I'll name like something I've written for maybe even once that they have heard of and then let it go. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) 
Like, I write for Huffington Post, the end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this yeah, is not to say that I don't like people, you know? I, mm-hmm. I actually really like and value people. I just, if we're going to have a conversation, I want it to be meaningful. I want to actually know another person in a meaningful way, not not mm-hmm. on that, like, surfacey stuff. Yeah, and I do want to say that um, I think when... I think there are these sort of, you know, if you think along that spectrum, there are moments I'm thinking particularly particularly at a conference or something where if I'm sort of, maybe it's on that first day or two when I'm in sort of a recept- receptive space and I've got high energy, then I have found myself just delightfully surprised to sort of meet someone and enter into a pretty like significant Yes. substantial conversation uh-huh. right away. And then I leave that feeling like, wow, what a gift. Like I can't just write yes. off human beings yes. altogether. Like totally. <laughs> it really kind of busts through my theory of just like, you know, hiding. Um, so it, it's a, it's an interesting, I feel like it's an ongoing calibration and you have to be really at the risk of sounding too woo-woo. I feel like you have to really be tuned into sort of, okay, what's my energy level? Like, how am I feeling? <laughs> like, yeah. Am I ready? And, you know, sort of how loving do I feel right now? And I think all of those things really contribute to whether, you know, how ready you're going to be to face the world. Yeah, I think you're right. And I think I did not give myself that permission for a very long time. My Mm. mom was an extrovert, and she definitely Mm -hmm. valued extroversion. And I feel like I was raised that you just you're always on and available for other people all the time, right? Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you're there to listen, and you're there to problem solve. And um, I I had a hard time with boundaries. I had a hard time saying, you know what, I'm tired, so I'm going to go home now. Or, mm-hmm. you know, I'm <laughs> maybe I'm too tired to do a second night of hanging with people or what have you. Like, it took me a really long time to get to a space of giving myself permission to opt out of things. Well, and it's hard because you care about people. You know, we, course, we love people, yeah. we care about them. And then, and I think when you're in a situation where you have a constrained amount of time, you know, with face-to-face access, you want to like make the most of it. But um, yeah, it, it is a hard, it's a really tricky balance to figure out how to do that. Yeah. So I just, I guess I'm, I think it just, um, it requires like constant sort of and this perhaps sounds a little exhausting, but, you know, you just have to be really aware of kind of what's happening. And, you know, I guess part of you needs to be open to the fact that you could have a new experience that is really lovely and wonderful. And then part of you just needs to continue to be fiercely protective of your time and your energy because you're the only person who can do that for you. Yeah, that's the truth. That's mm-hmm. the truth. And then you're not good for anyone when you're just when you're just exhausted. Exactly. Yes. And that's really what I had to come to is, you know, if I just if I make myself available, never have boundaries, never pull back when I need to, then I'm not available in the times that are really, truly important or Mm -hmm. for the people that are really, truly important, you know, Mm -hmm. and I've made jokes forever about how I don't talk to people on planes. You know, I've I've got all of these nonverbal signals to let people know (laughs) I am unavailable, you know, and I've gotten some some crap for that. Like, well, you're so rude or, you you know, what have you. But the reason I do that is because the person I'm flying to is the person I want to have that energy reserve for. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't do me any good to show up at a destination completely tapped from a conversation that I felt trapped in mm-hmm. and be exhausted and then not be available for whatever family member I flew to or speaking engagement I flew to. Yeah. And the plane example, I mean, you literally are trapped, like you have nowhere You're to trapped. go. And so that I think that actually 
legitimately adds a layer of like anxiety to the situation. Yes. You know, it's it it's sort of like being stuck in an elevator with somebody, although that yes. ends a lot quicker. So yeah, I think um I think that's a good point because I, I hadn't really thought about it that way too, but just you wanna you do, you wanna have that full tank of energy for the person you're flying to. Yeah. Well I'm curious, how does how did your own introversion play out as you became a mom? You know, because I think for a lot of us you know, that is a time when our alone time obliterates completely. Did, yeah. You know, that, did that have an effect on you? Yeah, I think, um, well, just so many, God, there's so many variables. <laughs> there's so many like factors going on. I would say that particular time of life, that was, that was where I would not be the person at being all friendly at the like mom and me yoga <laughs> kind of thing. <laughs> like that, that was kind of my worst nightmare. Like I received, you know, gifts, like gift cards to that sort of thing. And I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> um, and that is where I tapped into like the, luckily I, I was so fortunate to have a few friends who were pregnant around the same time, like good friends, deep friends. And, you know, those were the people I really tapped into, um, and, and needed during that time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I found as the kids came, my reserves were just even lower, you mm-hmm. know, that I, and I couldn't figure it out. And I, I remember, um, when my son was about two going to therapy about it, like I was like, I just want him to sleep and Mm -hmm. I'm bummed when he wakes up because I want to be alone. And I'm like, am I a psychopath? Like, you know, like (laughs) what, what kind of intimacy disorder or attachment issue do I have going on that I like am bummed when my kid wakes up from a nap because I want to still be alone. And she's like, um, that's called introversion. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, I actually just gave, a piece of advice that I had never thought of until yesterday. Like, so I was um, giving this, I was doing a speaking engagement in California and um, somebody asked me about maternity leave. And I said, well, you know, I used to give the advice to take as much time as you, you know, can to be with your baby. And I get, gave that advice until I gave it to a very dear friend who ended up hating babies, right? <laughs> she just, yeah. She was like, went on leave and was like, why? There's, oh my God, there's four months left. How am I going to do this? And I felt horrible. And so the advice I gave to this person at this talk was, listen, you know, maternity leave or paternity leave, whatever you have the benefit of, like that's for you as a human being. And it doesn't mean that you need to dedicate it all to your baby. So I said, for example, if you are introverted, you need time to recharge. You need, and you don't particularly really enjoy the little like full-time dealing with baby stuff phase of life, then hire help part-time and like have part of your time be for your baby and part of that time be for you. And you don't have to tell your boss about that. You know? And I was like, wow, why did I not think of this earlier? (laughs) Totally. It's so true though. I mean, Yeah. yeah, not... I think kids add a whole new level of of drain for introverts. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I really do, and I think you kind of have to take that into consideration, and you have to let yourself off the hook a little bit. You know, and that, not feel like a bad parent. I mean, that's no. because you're not a bad parent. You just, nope. you know, you have you have needs too, and um, you know, a small person kind of like. I don't know, takes those needs and kind of throws them in the dirt and takes a poop on them. So yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's very difficult. Totally, totally. It is. It is hard. And and I think, yeah, just recognizing like, and 
an introvert parent has different strengths. You know, Mm -hmm. I wasn't the parent that was going to get on the floor and play all day because that's just, that's not me. That that's very exhausting for me. Mm -hmm. Um, But I have other gifts that I think my introversion provide, you know, I think I'm very intuitive and I, I crave that meaning. I crave those meaningful conversations. And so Mm -hmm. I think I've done very well at creating space to have really deep conversations with my kids. Yeah, Um, for sure. You know, I'm like, let's cut to the heart of this, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah. No wasted words. How are you feeling? <laughs> you, I mean, as a therapist, you have to you have to ask those questions, right? Yeah. Yes. Oh gosh. Yeah. We have this thing we call circle of trust, which is basically like you can say anything in this room, mm-hmm. and it is fascinating what comes up. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. For sure. I mean, that's the best, and that's that. Like, ugh, I I go on ad nauseum about you know the importance of talking to kids and keeping the conversation open, and you know talking about the hard stuff and. It's so important. And it's, oh, gosh, it it's e- as you know, it's even more important as they become teenagers it and is. people think that you, they don't need you, but they really need you more than they did before. They so I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. I completely agree because their situations are so unique and so difficult um, that it's, it's not something that, you know, a, a babysitter could change a diaper for you and a babysitter can, you know, but mm-hmm. when they're teenagers, they need you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. specifically you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. Well, what other advice do you have for introverts in in the way of self-care? I think one thing that is really um important for me and I I'm not always the greatest at this, but is to really be intentional about building in some time for reflection and I know that some people will like do journaling. Actually Asha, my um you know, book co-author and podcast co-host, she is like the journaler. Like she, she writes all this stuff down, but I, I will literally sometimes be like, I am going to book a creative meeting with myself, like literally put it on my calendar and just be alone with my coffee and sort of jot down. It's usually in a Google doc. Cause I don't, my handwriting's terrible. So I don't write down anything, but, um, those meetings that really, for lack of better words, feel all about me and very focused and very, um, a chance to really dig in and concentrate, um, are just very, very powerful. And they feel, they, they feel, dare I say, even better than, you know, time at the spa. Cause (laughs) I just feel like I'm kind of having the time to be quiet with my thoughts. Like that doesn't happen that often when you're, you know, living the lives that we're living. So it's incredibly valuable. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think, I, I think that is huge. The permission thing is huge. The mm-hmm. boundaries thing is huge. Those are really the things in my toolbox that keep me from getting overloaded. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, And also well, setting up time, like being explicit about, so here's another one of these like tricky social human things is that you know, when you're feeling depleted, I think you just feel like, oh, I, you know, I can't see anybody. I don't have time. I don't have energy. But I feel like that sometimes when I'm in that space, that's the time I need the most to connect deeply with somebody I really care yeah. about. Yeah. So, you know, that is one of my other pieces of self-care for introverts is like time with your favorite people where you can, they know you, you don't have to explain the whole backstory, mm-hmm. but you can like kind of immediately go into that deep conversation. Yeah, That is just, um, that's just money for me. And even if I'm exhausted at the beginning, just from the circumstances of life, I always come out more energized on the other side. 
Yeah, I completely agree. I think having those trusted friends where you're not performing at all, you know, that whole mm-hmm. performance anxiety is gone mm-hmm. and and you're just talking about things that matter to you and that's so valuable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, Christine, thank you so much for chatting with me. I, I am hoping this is very helpful for other introverts listening. I do too. And, and you know, I feel energized talking to you, my fellow know, introvert, right? <laughs> my fellow nerdy introvert. It's lovely. So this was, this was really, really fun and, and awesome to sort of dig into it in a really thoughtful way. So I loved it. Thank you for having me. Totally. Well, really quickly, let people know where they can find you online. I think the easiest place is christineco.com. And from there, you can launch off to all the other projects that we mentioned um, briefly. And um, yeah, it's and I think I would say of the social places to hang, uh, even though it's kind of confusing, my Instagram handle is Boston Mamas. And um, but I post about everything, including a deep love of making and decorating cake. Um, That's actually one of my introvert activities. (laughs) (laughs) totally so uh yeah i think those are the good the good places to find me awesome and um for our listeners we will also link up of course to christine's um social platforms and as well as her book on selfiepodcast.com thanks for joining us continue the self-care conversation with us over at instagram at at selfiepodcast and make sure to join our uber supportive community that we love on Facebook by searching for Selfie Podcast Community. You can also visit our website to check out the resources we've talked about in each episode at selfiepodcast.com. Make sure to subscribe to Selfie on iTunes so that you can catch up with us next week. Special thanks to Shepherd Audio for providing our music. Take care.